Well, thanks again for being here at Grace. It's great to have everybody in the room. It's great for us to all be together. And before I get started, I just wanted to thank you uh, for what you've done in other parts of the world. A few weeks ago, we had a Dollar Club project. I don't know if you saw that or caught that, uh, but that was for the uh, Burmese refugees in Myanmar uh, with the civil war that's going along there. We have contacts and pastors that we know in the area. We raised uh, some money, and we were able to get that right to those people on the ground. They were able to take that across the river uh, from Thailand to Myanmar to help those people. Our church, Grace Community Church, sent 18,000 pounds of rice uh, over to those people. We were able to to help at least 161 families, about 900 people uh, who didn't have food to eat. Uh, We were able to help with that. And so I thank you uh, for your faithfulness and making that happen. And it's great when we can work directly with our partners uh, on the other side of the world. And, And God has really blessed in that way. And thank you. Thank you very much. We're in a new series, uh, Enough of the Bad News, and of course, we are hammered every day by our, our national media telling us how bad things are. And even when uh, the statistics say something else, it doesn't really matter. The bad news is hammered. The, the whole truth is not really reported, and so there we have it. It's, uh, you know, if it, for, I guess it started, you know, we had the whole... Um, impeachment stuff, and then the COVID thing, and millions of people were going to die. Again, that didn't happen, thank God. And then there was racial tensions, and then when it looked like that was to cool a little bit, we're back to COVID issues, you know, and then this, and then that, and just goes on and on and on, and everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's, you know, just, just waiting to see. It's just bad news, and I think a lot of this is just, it just causes Uh, fear, and then anger, and then fear, and then anger, and on and on it goes. And of course, that's just what's coming over the TV. That's what's coming over the national media. But also, there's bad news in our own lives. Tragedies happen. People struggle. There's hardship. One of our our own, uh, you know, and it's in our church family. Uh, Please uh, be praying for John Shuren. I don't know if you've heard, but John, a month ago, was sort of everything was normal in his life, and, uh, and then he had something happen. He went to the doctors. They found a, a brain tumor, and now they're projecting that maybe he only has 12 or 18 months to live. And so I, I was at their house this week and just talking to John and Sylvia about what was, was going on and, and how they were dealing. And, it, and by the way, John's faith remains strong. He's doing amazingly well. He feels okay. It's just uh, he will start chemo this week, and, and so all that's happening, and, and just had a great time with them. They're great people, great friends, and as I was leaving, I, I reminded them of the truth that we're going to talk about today. It's... Uh, It's all this bad news. That's why last week we talked about the best news. The best news is there is a God in heaven who created us, and he has given us a way to do life. And he has saved us. 
He's made a way for us to be saved, I, I, I should say, if we turn to him in faith. And no matter what you're going through, God has good news for you in that. But not only that, once we're believers, even when we face hardship like some of my, my friends in here are facing now, some whom I pray for every day, like Dave Evans and, and John, you know, no matter what we're facing, here is the promise that we have to believers. Not only are we loved by God, but Scripture says we can have joyful confidence. We as believers, no matter what situation, no matter what's going on, no matter what news we get through the media, no matter what news we get from our doctor, we can have joyful confidence in Christ. And I see my friends going through difficult, difficult things, displaying that joyful confidence all the time. It's based in what I want to talk about today is based in Romans 8:28. It's a famous verse. As a matter of fact, I just taught about the, uh, on this verse about a year ago, and it just fits perfectly right here into our into our series, so we're going to do that again. So the pressure's on for you because we're going to see if you actually remember anything that I, I'm, that I ever talk about. So you ready? Pressure's on? It's three simple truths that come from Romans 8, 28 and the verses around it. Three truths to give us joyful confidence in life. And it starts this way. See if you remember this because you should remember this. It's good to remember our bad things will turn out for, you, you nailed it. That's it. First truth, our bad things will turn out for good. Here's what Romans 8, 28 says. <clears throat> and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8, 28, famous passage of Scripture. This is the verse that will help you sleep at night when you are bothered by things in the world. When you think everybody, everything's messed up, everybody's gone crazy, this is the verse that will help you sleep at night. A famous preacher from the 1800s, Spurgeon, said about this, if all things do not always please me, they will always benefit me. This is the best promise of this life. So th that's how Spurgeon looked at this. But when we say that all things will turn out to good, God will make all things turn out for good in our life, that brings up a couple of questions. First of all, it brings up, you know, who's this promise to? And he says that to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That means this promise is to who? Christians. That's most of us in the room. It's to us. Those who love, that's just the way he's describing Christians. To those who love God, you can't be a Christian and not love and feel grateful to God. To those who love God and are called according to his purpose, that's us. We get the promise. He's given that to us. It's our gift. Loving God is the greatest commandment. 
but it's more than just an intellectual statement. Because people make statements like this all the time. Oh, I love, I love God. I love this. I love others. I lo-. Those are just statements. Love really is a do. Love is action beyond emotion. The emotion's there, but it's also action. When we love God, it shows up in our lives. We can tell when we love God because we want to spend time with God. We want to talk to God. We want to find out more about God. We want to know what God says. That's all part of loving God. And then Jesus said, if we're going to love God, if we're going to accomplish this number one greatest commandment that we love God, then we will also strive to obey God. That's what Jesus, Jesus said in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. To love Jesus and to love God is to want to follow him with our lives. It will show up in how we live. Now, people talk about loving others all the time. And when there's tension in the world like there is now, people talk about loving each other, and that's good. But a lot of times, the people talking about loving each other are the first ones that seem to hate somebody that doesn't agree with them. You know, we just have to be careful with this stuff. Loving others is not always easy. But I got to tell you, if you don't love God, you're at a huge disadvantage. Because when we know that we're loved by God and we respond by loving God and doing what he says and what he says is to love others, then how they react to us doesn't matter anymore. We love them anyway. Our love is not contingent on how they feel about us. We love them. We love them because who we love even more told us to love them. And we don't need to get love back from them because we're getting love from God. All the love we can hold, we get from God, which enables us to love other people like nobody else can. That's the promise. That promise that our bad will, will turn out for good. It's for Christians. Another question might be, well, what, what does our bad will turn out for good mean? What's he talking about exactly? Well, that phrase, all things, is very instructive. It teaches us that, first of all, it teaches us, hey, Christians face hardship like anyone else. The, the implication here is that these all things will be that there's bad things. And so right away, Scripture's not put, we're, we're not putting on rose-colored glasses. Scripture's telling us, hey, you become a believer— don't become a believer thinking that your life will be better because nothing bad will ever happen to you. That's not what God or Paul or anybody else is saying. Bad things will happen. Well, we just had a sermon on that, right? Bad things happen. So what? I will. Wow, okay, that, okay. See, you got, you got my confidence up after point one, and then I shifted gears on you, Lasha. Bad things happen. So what? I will rejoice. Boy, that was just from a couple of months ago. How'd you remember something from a year ago? I'll forget that. But the point is, we recognize bad things happen. Christians expect that. Not only do Christians expect that bad things happen, Christians know that bad things might happen to them because they're Christians. 
And that's okay. Because God's in control. God knows what he's doing. Bad things happen. He's not saying all things are good. He's not saying, hey, there's no bad things. Just everything's good. No, that's not what he's saying. There are bad things. He's saying bad things can turn out for good. Cancer's never good. Cancer can be used by God, a bad thing, to produce good in our life. That's what he's saying. Death of a loved one, it's never good. Drug addiction is never good in itself. But God can use bad things to grow us closer to him. Think of the cross. The worst thing that's ever happened on this earth. Creation tortured to death the creator. The worst thing that ever happened brought about the greatest good for us, for the whole world. Talked about that last Sunday. God causes even bad things to work out for believers. He's saying, God is telling us that God will use the bad things that happen in our lives and he will work those circumstances out for our personal benefit, for our personal growth. That's what he's telling us. He says, God causes all things to work together for good. This work together in Greek is just one word. It's uh, sooner guy. It's where we get the word synergy. God causes all things to work together for our good. Everything that God allows. Think about this. Every single thing that God allows in our lives. As believers, every bad thing that comes into our lives, he will bend that to benefit us now and forever. Every bad thing, if you're a believer, God will use that to our benefit, to grow us. Christians don't need to say that every tragedy is part of God's plan. We can say in every tragedy, God is still in control. He is still God. And he moves in situations ultimately to make us more like Jesus because that's the best thing that can happen to us is that we would be more, a little bit more like him. A lot of people memorize verse 28 and it's a great verse to memorize. But verse 29 helps explain it where it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of God. This is the goal, that we would become conformed to the image of Jesus, that we would be more like Jesus, make us stronger Christians. It's the goal. Last time I talked about this, we went into all the predestinate, predestined stuff and all that. Don't need, don't need to go into that again. Just the point, hey, what's the goal to make us more like Jesus? Okay, 
Our bad things will turn out for good. Our good things can never be lost. This is why I'm repeating this message. Okay, so just in case you're wondering. Our bad things will turn out for good. Our good things can never be lost. Okay, whoa, 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 Kevin. Uh, you know, I've had some good things that I've lost. No, our good things, those good things that God made from bad things are all about us growing closer to Christ, becoming more conformed in his image, and those things, that good that God does through the, every bad thing in our life, that cannot be lost. We have that forever. Nobody can take it away. That's what he's saying. We can be joyfully confident because the good God made come from the bad things is to make us more like Jesus and that can never be lost. We're Christians. We're believers. God has given us this amazing privilege. Privilege has become kind of a loaded word, but privilege, it's actually a good thing if it's offered to all. And this is what, we have this, an amazing privilege as believers. We have privilege, all of us as Americans have privilege of living in America where we have freedom. A freedom that was paid for, a freedom that we'll talk about in a few weeks. But even better, as Christians, we have spiritual freedom that God has made possible to us in Christ. We have these spiritual privileges or these advantages because we live in Christ. This chapter starts out this way in Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All of our sins are pardoned as believers. All of our wrongs are washed away as Christians. God sees us judiciously as being righteous as Christ was righteous. God sees our account as being righteous. We can stand righteous before him. Even though we're sinners, we get to stand righteous before God because Jesus has paid for our sins and removed our sin from us. And not only that, Scripture teaches that we have been adopted into God's family, that He is our Father. And if we are adopted, then that means we are heirs, that we have an inheritance that we can never lose as believers. We'll talk more about that next week. The good God works for us, it's better than just circumstances. The good is for us on the inside. It's not prosperity gospel. It's not health and wealth and better circumstances and money and jobs and this and that. God wants something better for us than all of that. 
Those are good things. God wants something better for us. What's the ultimate good for us? Well, the ultimate good is salvation. We talked about that last week. Well, once we become a believer, what's the ultimate good? That we would grow closer to God. Because as we grow closer to God, life makes sense. We have meaning. We have confidence. We have joy. We have love for others. We have compassion. That's what God intends for us. We live fully. Our life counts for something. It means something. God uses us as players. He, he gives us a role. He, he gives us a part that we're involved in his redemptive work throughout the world. We are involved in that as believers. Our ultimate good is we grow closer to Jesus even through the bad. Something I studied uh, in grad school in Virginia way back in the day that in the last 10, 15 years, you just hear it all the time, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder or syndrome. And, and people talk, you know, people, they go through traumatic events, and it used to always be kind of limited to war or to police officers, and now, you know, a lot of other people for maybe less things have post-traumatic stress. Now, they're talking about PTG. This is a new thing. They call it post-traumatic growth. What they're saying is when people go through trauma, over two-thirds of those people can look back on that and see growth in their life because of it. It's what God's talking about here. It's kind of the same principle for believers. That people can look back, two-thirds, way, way more than PTSD as a result of trauma, which is just a very small fraction. Two-thirds of people that go through trauma experience PTG, post-traumatic growth. And I think you're going to be hearing more about that in the future. God planned for us to become more like Jesus. He doesn't promise us better circumstances. He promises us a better life because it's life with him, and it makes all the difference in the world. God will use all things to help us be like Jesus, even the bad things, even the worst things, to help us be strengthened, and God will keep us he will hang on to us forever. Later, Paul writes in the same chapter, in verse 38, he says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Does that sound like a great promise? It is. That's what God has given us. Our bad will turn out for? Our good can never be? And the third point, our best is yet to? Okay, that was easy. All right, you just figured that out. You didn't even know it. You just that. All right. Our best is yet to come. That's right. Here's what it says in verse 28. Um, 
Let me get this whole context. I'm going to read through verse 31. Are you with me? All right, here we go. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, see where he lands with this. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many believers. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. The best is yet to come. And then verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's the context. It will end well for us. Believer, do you understand what I'm saying? It will end well for you. God's given us a mission on this earth. He's given us a better life to the extent that we will follow Him. A life filled with meaning, purpose, where we can see real change in people's hearts. First, in our own. It's what God wants for us. He's promised us heaven that we could never deserve, and He offers it as a gift that we can simply receive through faith the best promise, the best news that we can ever have. And so if you're His, if you're a Christian, don't get frustrated by your situation or the societal struggles you see around us, or the personal struggles that you experience in your life. If you're thinking the world's flipped upside down, that people are nuts, don't lose hope. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep doing what God wants you to do. We have meaning. We live for Him. He is still moving in people's hearts today and every day. And we get to be part of that. We get to see lives changed. Don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. Stay in there. Hang in there. God is with you. God will never leave you. Nothing could separate you from the love of God. No matter what you see happening, God is big enough to work His purposes through everything that's happening around us. God is big enough to pull off his agenda. I mean, everybody's got agendas. God is big enough to use all those agendas, right or wrong, to pull off 
his agenda, to pull off what should happen, to pull off ultimate justice, to pull off what's good for us and everyone who will simply receive his gift and turn to follow him. Christian, don't go out of here discouraged. Be encouraged. God's given us everything at great cost. He doesn't love just with words, but with action. Jesus died for you. And that's even, even though he knew you, he died for you. And he has given us a mission to change the world. And no matter what you're going through, no matter how frustrated you are, no matter how wounded you are. You're bad. God will turn your bad into good. And the good he gives you can never be lost. And don't forget, the best is yet to come. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love for us that none of us deserve. God, we thank you that we can trust you, that you teach us what love is. We would mess it up. You teach us what love is. You teach us what justice is. You teach us what right is, what generosity is. You've given us the message. You've given us the message that has changed the world and will continue to change the world as we are faithful to it. God, we ask for your encouragement for those of us who are wounded, for those of us who are frustrated or disillusioned, for those of us who are suffering. God, help us to remember that you are always with us you've given us reason and that you will work everything in our lives to help us to grow closer to you and then when this life is over we are with you forever rejoicing in heaven and the veil is lifted and everything we can see more clear than we've ever seen before. God, thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.